This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of the South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer and the palatial 6-8 of the fan studios on a Tuesday night. That's Tuesday. Wednesday, that's Thursday, Tuesday. The pod's going up on a Tuesday. There. Before hump You got day. in before me on that one, Sam. Yeah. Eric Quintana, <laughs> Josh Bagriansky, Sam Franco. What is up? Gentlemen, do you have any do you have to air any grievances today? Are you uh are you guys are you guys going to uh, go to a press conference later and talk crap well, about not, me? Yeah, definitely. Or <laughs> I just of course I have grievances there, but it's not Festivus. So I don't I like, like the not, change you know. in tactics of the podcast this year personally. So I'm gonna. Clearly, clearly. I don't like all of the whining and fetching coming from the podcast. Like you know, it, the podcast needs to be professional. People don't like our podcast, so naturally it's your fault, Eric, because That's you're true. you're you're the boss man, and uh, so good job. So you know, we'll just get rid of you. You know, it must be my lack of communication. Uh, my communication <laughs> skills are subpar. Uh, well, your communication fact, skills are subpar, actually. So that, you know, maybe I I, <laughs> I don't uh, I don't understand the culture around uh, around you guys. Maybe that's part of it. The dynamic is so similar; well, it is Eric's, unbelievable. Eric's communication skills, you know, notwithstanding, I mean, people change, you know, jobs sometimes. So I think that you know, sometimes the podcast needs to be a little bit more understanding that you're not always going to be getting your way, and you know, you're 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 getting to do something that you love for a living. So be thankful for that and adapt to changes that come. I think my last employers didn't give me enough of a chance. Uh, mm. They fired me too quickly. Oh, and oh so, yeah. So you know, yeah, that's just part. I'm, I ran, ran out of. I ran out of things to say. <laughs> I was about to go. Maybe the po- maybe the podcast. I don't know will how the, po- the, po- the point is, you've got on the one side Frank DeBoer, everyone says is ruining everything. On the other side, you have Eric, who is actually ruining everything. Hashtag blame and then Eric. You have the players. Yeah, but they're just in the middle of the Eric FDB oh, okay, Sam. Okay, so you got Frank DeBoer, Eric, and the the players are just stuck in between, powerless to fight against these. Two, if you read uh, between the lines, you can, or if you like listen closely to the audio, you can hear someone in the background whisper, "Hashtag blame Eric." Hashtag yeah, blame that's, Eric. That's clearly what's happening. I see. Uh, I see one in the chat, uh, the live chat already. So. Yeah, it's like the whisper <laughs> in one of those like cologne commercials where it's like blame Eric, blame Eric. In fact, we need to continue to get that hashtag going just because it's hilarious and it it, it pisses we a got, lot of people off, sign. which is we've great. Got one sign. Hashtag blame Eric. We've got one sign. I'll take more. I'll take more. If you if you Different look it up on Twitter, there is a wonderful long history going back, of oh, course, yeah. to the Herediano match, the very first uh, match Herediano. of the season, where you initially. Uh, began to uh, uh, create the dysfunction in Atlanta United. Really, I mean, it really goes back to last year with you know with, with Tata Martino and ninety nine percent sure. And oh, right, God, yeah. that's true. Tata That's would still, the ultimate he, genesis. Tata right. Martino would still be here if can it wasn't get, for what you said. Can we get a blame Eric Tifo? Is that too much to ask? <laughs> yeah, probably so. <laughs> a little, a little. Twenty much. people. How awesome I'd say would that be, it, though? it would be awesome for just Josh and I. Yeah. Like everybody else in the building would be like, "What the hell is yeah, this?" Or Josh be, and I would be freaking out. We'd be like, "Yeah!" Like twenty uh, people, like, "What the there hell?" There is are a you talking <laughs> about? There is a hashtag blame Eric sign that has been spotted at Mercedes Benz Stadium. Been. It has it been has spotted. Been. So it's a uh, I love it. It's yeah. A uh, so in case you don't know what we're talking about, and look, I got to this news late. <laughs> I was so busy this week that I didn't see this until I, I got on our Slack channel. Yeah, you like got bombed by and Slack with like two thousand. I messages. saw I saw five hundred messages. I'm like, what? Yeah, I've never our Slack happened? channel has been going crazy. 
And yeah. uh, I go back to the beginning of where I last left off on our Slack channel. It's only been like a day just because of uh, work and, and, and stuff I got after work and everything. I just have been incredibly busy. But I got to this story late and I started realizing that, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm like, the, the, we've turned into a telenovela. We, we've, oh, yeah. we've turned into a soap <laughs> opera. Atlanta United in, in seven months has, has gone from, you know, uh, Kings of the Jungle to. I don't even know what now. It's it's a, it's a muñeca brava. I don't I don't even know look, what to call it. Look, telenovelas are okay. Fun. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, homework assignment yeah. for everyone listening. Come up with a name for this telenovela. Oh, that's a good one. That's Come a up good with name. a name for this tele, tele and it's got to be like witty and and creative and, and in Spanish and because it wouldn't count. Of must time. be in, well. Okay. I feel well. You can do it in English and then translate it to Spanish because it only yeah, really works if Boom. it's in Spanish. I like that. And I'll say this: telenovelas are. Buenísima para abuelita. They're great for your grandma, <laughs> but they're not great for your soccer team. And right now, Josh and I have kind of been hitting on this in our you know behind-the-scenes chats today. It makes your organization look unstable. And I think right now, there's an, a, just this nasty cloud of instability over Atlanta United. Well, let's set everything up uh, before we really dive into it. Um, LGP uh, on Monday, talking to the media at the All-Star team training, um, saying things about Frank DeBoer, about the change in tactics, about the change in philosophy, about how this year has gone, and and really kind of, are we? Do we want to say throwing Frank DeBoer under the bus, or just I pointing out that pointing out what everyone kind of already thinks anyway? Yeah, but at the same time, saying it publicly when the team really should be not saying any. People can speculate all they want, but like us and and you know the AJC, you know other radio, TV, whatever outlets, whoever. They can speculate, but the team verifying that speculation is bad. I want to focus on LGB first, so let's let's go over what he actually said. Um, he was asked about adapting to a new system um, and its challenges this season. He says things have changed a lot, the way the club has played in the game, uh, and we don't like it. I, I'm just reading word for word. I don't know if it was mistranslated or or uh, or whatever, but. Uh, we're working to return to the way it was before and how we characterize through uh, the, uh, the different and differentiate us apart from other teams. We're, we're returning to that a little bit. You're seeing a new face to the club, and now we have to continue working on uh, on that to fortify that. Um, he says, of course, it's hard two years of playing the same way, which in return gives you results coming out as champions, winning the league in a deserving manner. Uh, when there's no reason to change, things change. But we're professionals. We have to adapt to what the coach wants uh, and what the sporting director wants and, and try to do things the best possible manner because we share the same objective. You can't call yourself a professional while being unprofessional. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like So my only thing is, is like, I, I'm, I'm, I, I can read the quotes, and I'm not saying that um, they're misrepresented or anything like that, but I do want to hear it in context. Well, of course. I mean, everything needs to be say, given did context. He, did he say these things in English? Because he, his English, while you can speak it, isn't the best. Did he say in Spanish and was translated? Because then I want to hear the original Spanish. That's true. Because there is some stuff that gets lost in in, in a translation yeah. or in. But at the same, I'm, I'm like also that. not. I'm also not saying that these aren't the things he said. I just want to be clear about that. But, but I mean, all we can go on because that's all we have yeah. is, is yeah, what yeah. that says. Yeah. And what that says to me is just like again, like the way he says it is very eloquent. It doesn't sound like like he's being overly critical or anything just because of the way he explains it and tries to kind of pat it at the end there but again none of this stuff is professional like frank DeBoer mentioning pity by name months back and going in on him was not professional 
and now we've gotten to this point where, and let's just call this what it is, because the South American players are the ones that are speaking out, you've almost got a just clash of cultures here that, you know, a more relaxed South American footballing style versus a much more rigid and formulaic Dutch way of doing things. And they are clashing very hardcore right now. Oh, I so I, my, my thing is I feel like everyone's lost almost the context of what – first of all, we shouldn't be comparing Frank DeBoer in 2019 to, to last year in, in a championship-winning season. Of course not. That it, Right now, that's the outlier. And it's unfair. It's unfair and to it's, Frank. It's probably going to be the outlier for a few years. So let's I, that, 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 that season, it's kind of in its own category. Now, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of history to go off of, so yeah, there's only that's one all we season. got. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But right now, that season is the outlier. You compare this season to 2017, it's very similar in terms of how they've defended, how they've played, how they've matched up with teams uh, uh, who decide to bunker. And, let, and let's be real, a lot of these teams have, uh, well, up until recently, have been like, well, we can't really play against a team like this, so let's sit back and, and try to hit them on the counter, if we're talking in very general terms. And so it, 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 if we want to really dive into the taxes of the thing, at least generally, is it makes sense for... Mm-hmm. For Frank DeBoer to kind of pick up where uh, where Tata Martino left off in the playoff run to to right into the to next year and become more defensive and become more organized defensively. And you know, I just I just push back Eric on some of those comments. I don't really get the I don't really get the impression that Frank DeBoer is is setting them up in this drastically different way that the players kind of claim in these quotes. I mean, if you've watched them play this year, I think a lot of times we've seen Atlanta United get caught out for being a little over-aggressive going forward mm-hmm. and get counter-attacked. And we've talked about like more them than being out of years. position. And I'm not going to say he's as attacking a manager as, as Tata Martino was, but it, we've talked about this all the time. Atlanta United won MLS Cup playing a 5-3-2. Obviously, you know, they were sitting in the playoffs. And, and it's not like it was a park-the-bus strategy, but Tata Martino was quite pragmatic. He wasn't a all-out attack manager. I think the difference for the players has been more so the tempo. You're not high-pressing. You're not playing quite mm. as direct. You're being more patient. And then something that we has been made public in the story a few months ago, I think that came out uh, from on, Yah- on Yahoo about how he was struggling to adapt culturally with the players, and, and that story brought up specifically some changes that DeBoer had made. So um, it's showing that he was trying to at least yeah. adapt so, a little bit and give the players a little bit of leeway. But ultimately, as a manager, you can't let the players right. do everything they want all the time. So I think there's a compromise on both sides. That's the it, thing. Yeah. I think the players have to... My sense is that the players have to meet him halfway. Absolutely. I mean, you don't have any other choice. I mean, Absolutely. I think you know the idea that Frank DeBoer has been completely inflexible... It's just not true. I mean, you've played. You started off the year playing a three-four-three. Then you went to a four-two-three-one. You played a four-four-two. Now you're playing a three-five-two. You've had games where you had sixty percent possession. Mm-hmm. You have games like the LAFC match where you more sat and countered. So I think it's just you know again I, this is something I've been talking about all year is you hear these kind of vague, basic criticisms of managers. Um, it's bull that, crap. that just ring hollow. Yeah, I mean, I mean to say that Frank DeBoer is completely inflexible. I think at this point is basically saying he needs to just manage the team the same way Tata Martino did. And, and for, he can't abandon his managerial principles at this point. Obviously, he needs to show a little bit of give, but I think he has. And if the players don't meet him halfway, I get the feeling that they're the ones struggling to adapt, not him. Just listening to you right there took me to an interesting place in my head, and I want to kind of put this question to you and, and both of you. Do you think that the players, like ultimately what this is, 
is the results not going the way that everybody yeah, wants to? That's and what that, I think. And well, and that the, and that the players are just scapegoating Frank DeBoer because he's the new manager and it's easy to blame the new guy as opposed to the players wanting to take responsibility because here's what I'm not really hearing in any of this is any of the players really ultimately saying, yeah, but we've also got to do our part. I mean, there's little things in like what LGP is saying, but it's it seems to be a lot more blame game and, and nobody really being accountable. I, I just think it's bad timing. You look at you look at the last two matches. You, you beat uh, Atlanta, or you beat a Houston Dynamo 5 nothing. You beat Atlanta, or, uh, DC United 2 nothing. You play LAFC and you get off to a great start, and then you have a terrible eleven minutes, and then the next week you've got uh, you've got you've got national media at all star at the All Star mm-hmm. match. If this had happened a week ago, we would be. Uh, I guarantee, I'd be willing to bet that we might hear the same sort of uh, uh, underlying tones about what 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 LGB thinks, but it wouldn't have come out as harshly. Is yeah, that because it, the, it, but no, that because the it, national media is asking different questions? Maybe, is, maybe. Okay. But I, I also think that it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't be a bigger deal because we wouldn't have just come off a 4-3 loss. And I'd imagine you also don't have Atlanta United PR people looking over your shoulder. That's true. It's not the same I mean, environment. Some, as some, but it's not nearly as controlled it, it, yeah, by... Yeah, it's not yeah, the same environment as it would be in a, a train after a training session or something so like that. I don't, they don't do a lot of... I don't know how much of that stuff they can actually do because... It's not like anyone when anyone dug anyone asks a question. It's not like you know Justin or any or Chris behind him is it's like no no no. Don't yeah yeah absolutely. But I, but think I think when you're in like that kind of environment and your okay, sure, home yeah. training facility, you naturally... you're trained to do things a little differently. But when you go out kind of on your own into this MLS where you don't have you know you you can't see a, a PR staffer out of the corner of your eye or something like that. You know, there's not as much pressure I think on you. Maybe yeah. you let loose a little. And bit. I I don't I don't mind what LGP said. I I don't I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind. See, and this is this is my first thought. It's like, man, I like I can't really hate on LGP because he's an established figure here. He's uh, he's someone that I've come to respect as a player, and um, you know we haven't heard anything like this in the past mm-hmm. before. So I was like, I, I can't really be mad about this, and I felt hypocritical because what what three weeks ago we were, I was crapping on pity about. Doing his thing, but on, I don't think PT. Radio. I don't think PT has really earned and that. I agree. I mean, I think LGP clearly cares about the club, loves the city, knows he's a big part of building it. So it, it means more when you hear the criticism come from. I know he's. I know he doesn't wear the armband, but he's definitely one of the leaders of the team. I just do wonder how much of this, uh, how much, uh, let's call it bias, goes into this because you got to you got to think that LGP. Um, all the South American players, they're all buddy buddy with each other. And if you see a guy like Frank DeBoer, and I want to kind of hear what you guys think about this. Well, I like where you're going. If here they're all I think buddy I buddy it. with a guy like Pity, and you look at Joseph and how much he, he's telling everyone to you know give him time, and you know he 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 over celebrate he he over celebrates uh, Pity's goals more so than his own goals. Yeah. Um, so I, you wonder if maybe that buddy buddy aspect of of you know the camaraderie they all have, um, the fact that. I'm sure at this point, Pity feels like he's really getting snubbed. They're really doing, uh, being hard pressed by by Frank DeBoard, um, especially after what happened with against LAFC and getting subbed out. You know, it, it's. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. I, I think. And see, I, I I wouldn't like that aspect of it. If if you want to come from a from professional as, aspect as a professional player and come in and, and give these comments and say, you know what, we don't like it. Um, it's a change. We we're still getting used to it. Um, what else did he say? That 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 you know we were doing fine before, and then we changed, and mm-hmm. then whatever. And that's your professional opinion without any kind of bias. I'm I'm I can get behind that. If there's any indication that it's it's you know we're friends with pity, we like pity, and you're crapping on pity right now, that's where I'd, well, I'd have a problem. I, I, and what other walks of life though can you as a employee of wherever 
go out and publicly say, yeah, I hate the way things are done here, but, you know, I'm going to just trudge myself along. Nobody wants that. So you can't do that. Professional sports are a much – I is different, I but still, I can't, you can't compare can't a normal that. job, a normal job that outside of professional athlete, uh, sports – I can't compare that to, to, to a professional But I mean, it's insubordination not, at this point. You're directly countering the culture and what Frank DeBoer is trying to do. And quite frankly, he's their boss. So at this point, I'm one to, I'm inclined to think that, look, you can criticize Frank DeBoer all you want, but the players ultimately need to, like Josh was saying earlier, they're, it doesn't even seem like they're trying to meet him halfway on some of this stuff. It's... So I, I push back on a, a little bit of what you're saying, what you guys are saying, in the sense that, so like Sam, you say that the players, I think they absolutely walked back the, all of their statements. I mean, if you look at what Barco said, if you look at what Pierre said, yeah, but the, said, they shouldn't have to walk back anything. Right. They shouldn't be making so the statements. It's in the not first place. so. And then you know what Eric says, he doesn't have a problem with what was said. I don't have a problem with the content of what they're saying. It might very well be frustrating for them to adapt to a new system, but. When you come out publicly, it creates a distraction for the team. And look, when this happened a couple weeks ago with PT, most we pretty much sat here and said, "Yeah, you shouldn't have said it," but you know, hopefully they'll deal with it behind the scenes, and it'll be a one-off deal. And he's upset, and he's adjusting to a new culture, and, and we get it. You know, sometimes you have a blow-up, but then you had PT go public again. Then you had Joseph Martinez with his quote in the Athletic, and then you have uh, Pierre, as in to a lesser degree, Barco, who wasn't really critical of of DeBoer as much as he was just laying out the facts that it's been an adjustment for them. So w- what bothers me is not so much the content of what is being said, and like I, I do think it's a, a lack of professionalism as well. But the trend of this happening over and over again is a problem for a lot of reasons. If nothing else, it it makes it look like. Y- it gives an impression of instability in the club. And if this is a trend where it goes throughout the season, and it is right now, because this is the fourth or fifth time it's happened, of players going public and then walking back their statements and saying, oh, but we do want to work hard for the manager, I, I, I'm done with that. You that's, know, that's I'm why, done with so, that. Yeah, why, stop doing it. Absolutely. At this point, like, they're coming There's forward. no reason to go no. public with this. Well, after Pity did it, and now you're seeing other players do it, and you just said LGP is a leader on this team. And he's doing something so childish. I, I don't get it. I just, I just don't get why you're doing it. You're creating an, an image that doesn't need to be there. That's bad for the club. And I'm not. Look, we can sit here and talk about whether Frank DeBoer is a good manager or but not. But this is a different argument. And, and, this uh, is something uh, completely different. No, I, and I, I know, I agree. But you know, <laughs> you know, I don't think it's fair. To, you know, let's be real. Two thirds of the players on Atlanta United are professional players just trying to make a career. Exactly. They're not all super invested in Atlanta and in Atlanta United like like a peer as is. And maybe that's why he's upset. But when he says that, it hurts all the other guys. It hurts the whole roster. It makes things awkward with your manager. It makes things awkward with the guys who might support Frank DeBoer. And the fact that Joseph and LGP have said it, or have said things, is, is really bad because those are those are your leaders. Those are your guys. I mean, Joseph's most important player on the team from goal scoring perspective. LGP, maybe your most important defender, at least certainly one of them. And so all the other players see that, and I just think it, it's, it doesn't do Frank any favors no. because he's got – everybody else on the team now looks at him as like, oh, that's the doofus. That's the guy that's not you know doing uh, right by us. And ultimately, that hurts the team way more than it helps. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't really think of a situation, and I mean, unless – where, where players went public, criticized the manager over a long period of time like this, several of your starting players, and it turned out to be a good thing, unless the manager was fired. Was fired and then they brought in someone else. And we all know that's not going to happen with Atlanta United. So you can't, I mean, my, my issue here is the judgment and decision making, and, and it makes me 
somewhat question uh, how how these players are going to respond when things get tougher, when things uh, when, when when the tactics are different than and what they, they want. Dealt well, with adversity, like because they haven't had a whole lot of it, and we've seen what the fan base earlier this season with quote unquote adversity. It's like somebody dropped an atomic bomb in the middle of the fan you know, base. It's it easier like- to deal with adversity when you go to training and you go to a manager who's a, a legend already on your continent, who play, who who has kind of a style of play that, that these guys are used to playing in South America. Of course. It's easier to do that. It's a little harder when you're not only dealing with mixed results, but you're also going back to the training ground and trying to learn new things and, and convince yourself that these are the right things to do when the results weren't as good as last year. So I totally understand the frustration of the players. There's, better, There's much no, better ways to deal with and, it. And, and like we said, when PT did the first time, we said, okay, one-time thing, this happens. We're talking about four or five times it's happened since. So the trend and the decision-making and judgment of the players is what bothers me much more than the content of what they're actually saying. I, I think this. I feel like this conversation naturally leads to, okay, well, what is the solution to not only, obviously, most of these Atlanta United players probably need to shut up. Yeah, th- that's I, exactly I, what I was about to so, say. The players need to shut the bleep so, up. So, one... Like, let's just assume that that's step one. Uh, two, there's got to be some kind of in-house closed-door meeting or something like that where, yeah. where everyone just talk. Because I, I, but the thing is, Eric, we already heard that story. I, I know, and, we and already it, heard that and story. It didn't do anything. And, well, I think it, I don't. You could argue that it did, it, but it it's made like it worse. So, what maybe. are you going to do now? The players are creating the exact Here's same the situation. We, we, again. You're going to do the whole thing again? We don't know. We don't know what the message. We don't know what the message Frank DeBoer to the players are because, mm-hmm. for all we know. They could all be in agreement. Like, look, this, yeah, this is a struggle right now. We are in second place. We're still in a fight. We still have a fighting chance to do everything, accomplish everything. Oh, we want absolutely. To accomplish. That's the most ridiculous yeah. we, we thing. Have, we, have, we, we still are in a position to accomplish everything we want to get uh, get through. I'm also still trying to figure out where all these pieces fit. Because, look, when you look at everything that's happened this season, and you can't put the blame on injuries on Frank DeBoer. You can't put the blame on Pity not panning out on Frank DeBoer. You can't put the blame on Pity even being acquired on Frank DeBoer. Uh, Barco, while he's been better, he's been injured as long as he has. Um, and that's and a big part of the you, general you underperformance you is not having Barco. You can't, blame, you can't blame Frank DeBoer on the fact that the, the front office has acquired the right pieces to fit, not just specifically this year Frank DeBoer, but like a left back or a right back when uh, uh, Franco Escobar was down as long as he was. Um, you know, you, you can't put that on Frank DeBoer. You can't put underperformance and injuries and, and front office decisions on Frank DeBoer. He's doing the best, I think. He's doing the best and trying to figure out how to do the best he can with the pieces he has. Like, look, you, you're not going to get Almiron back. You're not going to get anything close to Almiron back. You don't have anything on the, on the team that, that, that's remotely close to Almiron. That's that. Honestly, when you watch this team play, but don't you think that's it, the one aspect of of this team that I'm like, wow. If you don't we had think that be, it, this this whole season would be over. You don't all think United. Atlanta United are underachieving though? If you go and you look at the record on an based on the players on the team, on an individual by and individual like you said, basis? there's nuance and context. There've been so, injuries. You're adju- Almiron's gone, but if you so look at I, the eleven on an individual basis, yeah. each player underperforming. Yeah, I think I think a, a lot LGP, of the players on the number roster one is underperforming. LGP for one. Okay. I think that wouldn't be that would that's not a far fetched idea for most Atlanta United fans to look at LGP and be like, oh, yeah, he's not played as well as he has the first two years. He's been pretty good, but not. Sure, a, I'm yeah, not saying he yeah, hasn't, but yeah. I mean, he he was a stud last year. Yeah. This year, it's kind of like, ah, oh, well, there's yeah. been a lot of errors. I mean, Parkhurst obviously. Parkhurst has been underperforming. Yeah, but he's also a year older. I mean, sure, no, 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 his, but, his underperforming is a little different than say LGP's underperforming. But then who's that on? Is but that on Frank the, DeBoer it, for not for not find, or for finding a replacement for for uh, for Michael Parkhurst? Well, I think well, Frank, Frank, Frank DeBoer make person like this person. Franco Escobar is underperforming. Bringing players I in. I said earlier today when messaging the two of you 
this is growing from a Frank DeBoer and the team players problem to a Darren Eels and Carlos Bocanegra problem. But, o- no, but, they, but we haven't heard hardly anything from these. And you they won't. have to. But okay. But it's time for somebody above Frank, above the team, to come in. Hey, get this back on track. See, what that, are y'all that, doing? That, but that won't happen because I don't think it's there yet. I don't think it's I there I think yet. it's there. I think it's gotten there. I don't think, because I think the players have, are still insubordinate against their manager going out after Pity did it, after Joseph did it. LGP did it again. You they, don't, these players won't out. stop doing this. Stop. You don't know that it's insubordination. Because yes, it, I do. That is what the definition of insubordination is, going out and spilling the business of the team to the media when you are supposed to keep all of that stuff behind closed doors, that is insubordination because they're saying, we don't like playing for this manager, but we're trying to figure it out. But that's still letting the media think, man, they hate playing for this guy. That's insubordination. So what you're saying is that after all the, the, the fuss with pity, that Guzan, that Joseph, that Barco, and LGP all said, yeah, middle finger to you, Frank DeBoer, and just went ahead and spoke Why anyway. else would you say that you I don't think, like playing in the system and you don't I, like playing for these this like the, the way that things are going right now? I think what's Especially because you're in second place. I think what's more reasonable is that there's an understanding that they're all still trying to figure it out. And the players specifically aren't happy with how the season is going, even though they're in second place and still have a fighting chance. But we get why they they're not happy. I get it, yeah. But it's not this, you know, I don't think it's Frank DeBoer saying it's it's my way or the highway. I think it's, I understand you're frustrated. I'm not going to stop you from right. talking to the media. Well, we, I like, I, you know, I don't think that there's this, this, you know, butting heads between the player and, and Frank DeBoer. Otherwise, we would, this would have been shut down a long time but ago. But the thing is, Eric, I mean, the perception is reality a Thank lot you. in this case. And I think that, that, I just, surely, I, I, can't, no, I can't, I just can't imagine professional athletes purpose after what happened with Pity purposely going over all of that. Nonsense! You can't imagine professional athletes and with giving, their egos as giving, big as they have. Giving the middle finger to their coach and essentially the front office, because I'm sure at this point Pity has talked to the front office about the things that he said, going over both of their, uh, all of their heads and doing it anyway. Yeah, I cannot imagine I that that's what I just saw a player happens. at the end of last season in the NFL when got, he got injured and carted off the field literally give the middle finger to his coach. Of course athletes will do that because they think that this coach is not putting them in great we've position. Heard, we've heard worse about coaches than this. I mean, it is true that all the statements they've made have been, I mean, I think if you look at it, probably factually accurate in the sense that it has been a big adjustment for them. No, of course it's accurate. I don't think, I would agree with Eric that they're not necessarily maybe intending to give the middle finger to your coach, but surely after they've seen this happen two times already, you know it creates a distraction. And after Pity you does know, it, how does somebody in the club not be like, guys, I understand what, what your somebody might have said are. that, and that's, that's what I'm saying happened. And but, it's, but I'm saying, if somebody mm-hmm. said that, and they're still going out and saying that's really the not media, the issue. Then it didn't keep the, the, the issue is that it that it keeps happening. Thank you. OK, so there's no way, in my opinion, that anyone told these the Atlanta United players, OK, well, uh, you can you can you can air your grievances publicly with the manager. I mean, that nobody that, said that's that. that's not something <laughs> that happens within a club. So they're they know what they're doing. I mean, and, and again, I, I'm not as far as Sam. I don't think it's as bad critical as the managers you do but again the fact that it happened over and over and over again these guys had to know when they were asked the question what it would turn into if they gave the answer their honest answer and sometimes you just have to give a no comment or give a, a bs you know or even just say 
we feel on. like we've we come all, a long way. Well, we all know. You, you can say we're you, working a long time. There's no time reason out, that out, LGP out. has to give you eight, six, seven, eight sound bites on the manager. And you don't have to say anything about the struggles of the team. You could say we're working in this new system to try to play the best of our abilities. Boom. You don't have to mention how Which you is, don't like playing in the system. You don't have to mention so any of that. If stuff. you read Barco's quote, I think it's a better example of what could be said. He said it's been challenging for us because we stopped playing a way that allowed us to play more forward. Frank came here with a plan that we're trying to get used to. We're applying it well on the field if you consider where we are in the standings. So we have to continue adapting and trusting what the coach asks from us. Perfect. What does perfect, he never say perfect. in there? He says, he never says, we don't like the system and we want to go back to what yes. it was. Uh, and and, but, and but, that's what Leandro Gonzalez Because that's never going to happen Pira under this said. manager. If the manager gets fired, they can go to a new system. You know what this manager's not doing? Changing the system that's gotten him to this and, point. And even a similar system, there'd be differences. And like we said, I don't think this system is as drastically different as the players would, would have you believe. I, I So I look at Barco's and I, and I, I sit there and think, uh, you know, it's not... How's one of the youngest players on the team more sounding more professional than some of the guys who've been around the block? Here's, a few here's more the thing: around. there's no, there's no like it's not you're not hiding anything by saying yeah, this is a completely different team from last year. It's it's exactly that's why I'm not I'm not I'm not all that upset that really anyone said this because it's not it's not a surprise. No, but it's a difference, but no, Eric, it's a between diff- exactly. stating it is different. We're working our hardest to saying. It's different. We don't like it. We're we're trying to go back to the old way, and then saying, "But we want to work to you know yeah. to, to to you know work together and blah blah blah." There's a big big difference between, and, and like I said, Pires knows that because these quotes are so similar mm-hmm. to what PT and Joseph kind of said earlier, where they they had kind of a negative, uh, said kind of a negative thing, but then in the same statement included, but we're working hard to fix it. So hopefully that implies it's not total crisis mode there, and I don't think it is. But again, these comments are so, so similar in that there are some things that can be interpreted as a negative before walking it back, and there are not things you normally hear from players publicly in the press regardless. That's the crux of this is... What Barco said is fine because I don't have a problem with him even saying, like, yeah, we had a little trouble getting used to this. We're still working on it. But when you bring in not liking to play in the system, wanting to go back to the old way, A, that's never going to happen. So there's no point saying it. B, it creates the, the um, you know, what Josh was saying earlier, it creates the perception that things aren't hunky dory behind the scenes. It creates the perception that there is something wrong and for me this has gotten to the point where i think you know you guys talked about it lgp underperforming some of these guys are underperforming these guys are just passing the buck off to frank making him the scapegoat because that's easy for them to do because they won the championship they have the fans on their side so if they go out blast the manager publicly a manager that a lot of fans already don't like, so they've already got that in their head, and then these players are coming out saying this, of course they're, the fans are going to take the the player's side. And so Frank is in a very unfortunate situation because this is two completely different arguments as Josh was talking about. You can talk about how good or bad Frank DeBoer is, how much of a fit he is for this team until the cows come home. But this is when you bring I don't like Frank DeBoer as the manager into this, that's not the issue. The issue is the players and the team not having the same message, not keeping some of that stuff in-house like we don't like playing in the system, well, that's not going to change unless the manager gets fired. And so to me, there's no point in going out and saying it unless you want the manager fired. And one, the manager's not okay. going to get fired in the middle of the season. And two, if he does get fired after at, and this continues, what is the new manager coming and going to think? He's going to say, well, I have a different system than Tata Martino too. 
So if, are they, if these guys stay here, are they going to publicly right. criticize me if yeah. they have to adapt? So it, 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 and again, it, if, if it stops and goes away, I think it's okay. But you don't want to become the club where, where the players where the players run the ship. There's a crossroads right now where there's like, okay, there's two ways this could go. Either it's going to go the way that Joshua's are saying, that the players rule the roost and, and all that stuff, or somebody's some sense is going to become two here, and then they're going to realize that, hey, this isn't the way we should be doing things. Okay, so step one, we all agree, players should shut up. Yes. Okay. Shut up is harsh. I mean, okay. Stop. Stop talking about this specific freedom of speech, Eric. They're well, allowed to do it. Players okay. should choose their words more <laughs> step carefully. Two, right. Step two. What is that? Because now are we talking? What about- What is the First Amendment? No. <laughs> Freedom of speech and no step, step two to fixing this he problem. He wants to know what oh, it is. He's asking. Oh, I see. Step two to fixing I he was this problem. Asking my question because look, here's here's where I I sit there and I I almost when I read LGP's comments for the first time I was like, does he not understand what they lost not to be done? Does he not understand what they've lost and all the injuries? Because I again, I, 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 I still think, think you, the team's think, underperforming, Eric. I, I, I agree. I, I, I agree. Yeah. But I think you drop it not to be done onto this team, and fast obviously because yeah. of how good of a player he is, but just. Formation and what he can just what he can do in terms of going on the break, in terms of controlling the midfield, in terms of, of uh, beating a defender, it, it drastically changes what you can do on this team. Without that, and I understand could, you know he is obviously a great player, so let's it's hard to take that part out of it. But um, I feel like he doesn't understand what this team has lost in in, in the injuries in Almiron yeah. and in and losing someone like Tata Martino. Because I, I I don't know that Tata Martino would have the answers for all this. No, I mean, I would love I to struggling. hear. I would love to hear what how this team would look with Tata Martino managing. Because I just I don't, mean, the, I don't the, know that I don't know how much more successful it is. Because I mean, w- without someone like Malmino in the middle, you have to you have to defer to, to a different formation. You have to re- defer to a different style of play. You have to be more practical. You can't be super counter attack. Like Atlanta United was basically built for the counter attack under Tata Martino. Because they had Miguel Almiron who could run box we, to box really fast. There's nobody on the team that can do that. We all want this team to be more attacking, to be more exciting, to be all that all that stuff. But I, I just don't know where that comes from as it's built right now. I think right I now, quite just, frankly, really? like Marco's a better fit for this system than Almiron would be. I mean, if Almiron were here, yeah, you'd have to make some changes, do things differently. But there is no Almiron, so... Honestly, having Barco and some of the players that are maybe a little more comfortable in in possession makes better sense for this system. But even with Barco in the game, we were still talking about how boring Atlanta United was. Oh, of course, yeah. So that, that, what, what, yeah. what we're talking about is a is a, a difference in in a di- complete difference in philosophy yeah. and style of play. Yeah, but I, don't, I think which I think that philosophy and style of play benefits Atlanta United right now. Again, you didn't you didn't lose mm-hmm. you didn't you don't ha- still have a Ferrari. You've got a, like a Toyota Corolla right now. No, you should have gone Fiat. I just then we think should have gone full you, 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 you sold the, the you sold the 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 uh, the Ferrari when you won MLS Cup. That was over. Well, when you sold a Miguel Almiron, you've now got a Toyota Corolla, and you're trying I think to that's, be as practical. I think that's harsh, no, Eric. He is the reason that Look, at the United you was lost, so successful in 2018. You lost your most and influential. And you have no one to replace that. You asked your you lost if, your most influential attacking player. So I think that's like why you're nice struggling. But come Dodge on, y'all. Challenger right you have now? a team with Joseph Martinez. You have a team with with Julian Gressel. You have a team with Ezekiel Barco. You have a team with P.T. Martinez. Who, you have Josh. Who you're seeing, who you're seeing, when he's healthy. Who you're that's seeing, a good attacking team. Who you're seeing for the most part underperform in this in in this new Atlanta United. Everybody. Yeah. I but 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 you said yourself they're underperforming. So you should expect you, so I think well, it's the, not fair to say what we've seen now is the norm just because Almiron's gone. I think there's some there are some actual problems 
that we won't get to address today because we have to sit here and talk about these these quotes. Yeah. But but I do think there are some actual issues with the tactics of Frank DeBoer. Of course. And there also are. with with the players maybe not being the most adaptable guys, which would maybe explain why some of them were in South America for a lot of their careers. That's right. Europe that, in the first place. That goes back to is that is that a problem? How does Frank DeBoer fix that problem? Right. So is he, so if you want to say he's the right coach to fix that problem, sure, we can have that mm-hmm. argument. But how does Frank DeBoer in 2019 fix that problem with the set of players the he has? The only thing you can do, and this is what's so hard about this, because what was said was so similar to what's been said in the past, is you have to try to fix it the same way, right? You have to have some sort of communication behind mm-hmm. club. But you've done that already. you know. So yeah, if that hasn't worked, something else has to be and, taken into account. And maybe tighter restrictions or tightening the belt a little bit in terms of like, okay, maybe this is when I was talking about earlier how this becomes a Darren Eos, Carlos Bocanegra problem. Maybe they, as the leaders of the club, have to start instituting harsher policies on what you, know, you can and can't say to the media. And if these quotes can be seen at least, as insubordinate, then there has to be punishment for that. Okay, so let, let's... Fine, insubordination, Frank DeBoer's not the right guy. Okay, so are we, are, do we keep going up the ladder? Because that's how far this goes. Yeah, when when but, it comes to 2019 and how it's gone so far, if you're not a, not completely happy with how it's gone, it continues to go up that ladder. you gotta, you got to look at Darren Eels, you got to look at Carlos Bocanegra. In the short term, though, in the short term, I, all those guys can really do is, is, is fire Frank DeBoer or put pressure on him. Right now, Wait, so you're saying they can't institute harsher restrictions on the players and tell them to, you know, like I mean, shut up. Yeah, but I mean, like then they, then they. I mean, I mean, I would that never would, really as, works as a front office. I, mean, I wouldn't tell I the players. Would, what but not, I'm saying, what, are I you going to find them? Well, front I mean, offices tell players what to say all the time. Welcome to the New England Patriots. But what I'm saying here is that at some point, it can't be acceptable for the players to just go around and and bash their manager. And I know that you can take. The, it isn't necessarily bashing their manager what they said, but the perception just, is there that it also. So could you, be. so you think one of the ways to solve it is I don't making think sure that the that players don't go to the press. I don't think that would work because that's, that's your problem, right? The, well, the, I'm saying that is a way you could go, but the reason it won't work is because we've seen these players already, you know, with with a different system yeah. that they don't like and rebel. You or don't so have much control over it. I mean, where where do these quotes come from when you go MLS All Star Game dealing with different press? PT Martinez speaking to Argentinian radio. So you don't have as much control over who these guys talk to because the circles they float in are a little bit different. But I just think if you're going to fix this, it has to – one of two things happens. One, some somehow well, – I, I don't know because we don't know what's going on the behind The players grow up a little bit? The, the manager <laughs> and the players are, are going to have to meet each other halfway. I, like I said, I don't want to speculate that Frank DeBoer has been super flexible, but I know based on what I've seen he's – Shown at least a little bit of give. Well, he's adapted the system a little bit. Yeah, you absolutely. Give him credit and and, and as as for the players, maybe they've been more adaptable than we're giving them credit for. But certainly, they're not doing themselves any favor. So either one, those two somehow say, okay, let's let's go full speed ahead and and let's let's somehow fix this. The other one is simple. You have a lot of talent on the roster. Frank DeBoer is not playing you in ridiculous shapes and formations. I mean, it's pretty. You know, it's it's it, so the players can win despite the manager. And we've I mean, seen it, and I'll tell you in what, second place right now. So we've doing a seen good job. a lot of teams do that in MLS. Hold on, so so in MLS. What so the Eric players just said, though, the way that you said that, so let me. I, what I read into that is you don't think Frank DeBoer is the right guy for this job because you just said the players have been winning in spite of him, basically. I I don't know. Looking looking in retrospect, I don't mm-hmm. know that he's the best hire, but he is who we have now, um, and I'm not. 
I can't because of this because of the circumstances around uh, uh, two, uh, the late United 2019. I can't be that mad at him. And I, I don't think even uh, even up until now, I still don't think he's had a proper chance to to develop what he wants to do. No, I think he deserves I, a season. I know he's been here a while, and I know I said like mid season he should figure it out. But I didn't expect the injuries. You didn't expect Barker to be out so long. You didn't expect Tito to be out as long. You didn't expect Pity to essentially be nothing for for the most <laughs> part. It's it's you know you you gotta. He was dropped into a situation. I look. I, I, I heard Jason Longshore say it on Soccer Down Here. It, it's different to build a team out of nothing. Absolutely. Right. Well, those players into, were handpicked by yeah, Tottenham. Tottenham was the come, man for that then job. Then to come in, then to come in and and have to work with what you what you already have. That's a, that's a great point. Because Although that's, you've got a compl- recent, pretty decent group to work I with. Don't, yeah, I don't disagree with you. But when they're all in there performing and half of them are hurt for the majority of the season or out because of an international play, it's it's tough to, one, get the continuity and, and then, two, to really establish what you want to do. Well, and you hear this a lot with new coaches, like uh, the phrase, until he gets his guys. Uh, in a lot of different sports you hear this. But I think in this case, yeah, it's, it's Frank DeBoer coming in with – Tata Martino's team. You See, know, I, and, I would and, argue he he has well, he has uh, maybe not his guys, but he has more of his guys on this team than he would have last year. Because last well, no, year, you know, I agree. Because Alvaro doesn't look like a real fit for what Frank wants to not do at all. Right. But you look at Pity Martinez, and Pity Martinez is supposed to be a guy that could you know kind of possess, uh, yeah, possess, yeah. Put, pick a pick out a pass. Barco was supposed to be that guy too, and not, like I'll be real, he's done a lot better than last year. But I'm still kind of waiting for him to. To really, really break break through, Gressel's not not really that guy. Although he does a pretty good job in, in mm-hmm. what he's asked to do, um, you've got the guys like Dion. I, I saw a tweet from Doug earlier today listing off six or seven players of, who have actually improved this year. No, I thought you were going to mention Pisconsin. <laughs> improved this year versus actually, uh, um, you know, done a worse job in last year. You look at the difference between, um, I think it was Payson that that threw out the tweet earlier. The, the difference between this year and the first year, which I think is the most comparable thing you, you've got, because I think when we look back 10 years from now, you're going to look at Atlanta United 2018 as the outlier because I, that's an amazing season. You look at those two and they're they're very similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know yeah. what else. I think it's I, like I, a I one point difference yeah, to the I same amount of games. I can't fault him for doing essentially the same thing that Tato Martino did in year one, and he's got his position, his team in a better position by this point, but Eric, in second place in the East, if all the players are underperforming, do you think that's a coincidence? I mean, so, th- something is oh, responsible. No. So, so, for so that. Why are they underperforming? There should be unhappiness. There should be, there, there, well, there should be something. There's something to be said about that's what I think. about players not playing well under a specific coach. There's, I, for all I know, they could fire. Well, I don't know who you bring in, but you could fire Frank DeBoer tomorrow. Bring in someone that'd like to fire under the ass, and and you've got a a, a team that's that's playing balls to the wall. Yeah, I'm and, not it's, saying- and it's drastically better than than before, but. One, I think it's a dumb thing to do to fire Frank DeBoer at this point. Yeah, with, I, we, with, with we, a third yeah. of the season left, yeah. and you don't um, want to you don't want to become that club that's and, no, and, and, that's, and, and that's not an Arthur Black a rotating way of doing door. Either, yeah. yeah, and who's 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 a good hire right now? That's available, right? No, I no, I, no totally, I totally right agree. Yeah. Right. So is Bruce Arena coaching? <laughs> the the idea that you're going to fire Frank Brad DeBoer Friedel's right out now, there. or that Ooh. you're going to make some drastic change, I think by the at, at the end of the year, Jose Mourinho, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have some. You're going to have the vote of confidence. Arsene Wenger from from, from <laughs> Jill, Jill Ellis. Oh, Jill Ellis! <laughs> that would be good, dude. I would actually support that one. Woke AF. I would support that uh, one. Yes. 
But um, it seems like we're all kind of in the same place here in terms of thinking that it's very unfair for the players to be putting all of this like back on yeah, Frank. It just seems like it, and here's the thing. If the players are underperforming, like like we're all kind of saying they are, why is it fair for them to blame the manager? But no, I, I think we agree on that, but we clearly I think we do disagree on whether what they are actually saying is correct. Now we they, oh, should, no, no. they shouldn't have said well, that's it. That's a whole different story. But I, and so I I push back on like I said that the stuff about him not being adaptable, the stuff Oh, that's bullshit. I'm going to give absolutely no credit to what PT Martinez said because he's hey, can you used call him out in like these people, like you called out the Barco people, like, like be like, if you said that Frank DeBoer is an adaptable, well, shame no, on no. you. No, no, well, because I think you have more evidence that Frank DeBoer is a, not adaptable than that Barco was bad. <laughs> shame on you, haters, all again. You should never have an opinion about soccer ever. Oof. But uh, Mourinho is available. I'm kidding. Mourinho, I'm kidding. Though. I'm kidding. Of course, but I have no time for what PT Martinez said because Frank DeBoer has clearly worked very hard yeah. to put him in a position to succeed. I mean, he's played him wide, he's playing him in a, he, he, you know, He's breaking what he wants to do he, to try to make the play better. He went from that kind of 4-3-3-4-2-3-1 system to a 4-4-2 and allowed PT to stay high underneath For the striker. For one player, he's adapting and yeah. changing what he wants to do tactically to try to make one player yeah. play better. So, so you know, I don't, I don't but, but the what, what Pierre said, what Barco said, what Joseph said, those are guys, like I said, they've earned the trust because I think they care about the club. They really do genuinely I, want to see it do well, and I have zero problems with Barco. So I think we do disagree on that. I think on on whether the, the on whether Frank DeBoer is the right fit for the job because I, I'm I not going to say tell. I'm not going to say for sure. I think Eric hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of nuance to it. I mean, there's well, a lot of time. Con, there's a lot of context, time. but I don't think he has done a good job so far. And despite all the nuance and context and injuries, I think this team has absolutely underperformed so just, far this year. I don't. I, so I, I agree with you on that. And but I now think it's it, like, where does it, the blame it, go? But it, it, it goes to my next point: is that look, I don't think that this team it, they've been. I don't think they they haven't been trying to not be ad- uh, attacking. You look at Joseph's quotes about how we need to be more attacking. I think we've been trying. Just the pieces in those positions where they're trying to be more attacking either aren't there or aren't performing. Well, you could read between so the get, lines, though. It, like, what Joseph but, is saying is, we're not attacking, and then in between the lines, the same way we were attacking last and look, year. I mean, we've but all, you, you, I, that's the thing. I just You can't. You don't have the same personnel to allow that well, to happen. I know that, but that's the thing. The players don't care about that. They, they as players... Who have egos think, oh, Miguel's gone, but we can still run that. And same let's be real. I mean, not all players are extremely tactically astute or even. Exactly. Re- I mean, they're no, just. No, some players just get frustrated when they're losing, so they blame the manager. Again, yes. and that's why I as do many at, fans. That's why I specifically look at LGP's comments. I don't really think uh, Josephs are all that bad. I just think he just like as a, any other striker, I, I want to be more attacking. Well, and he also said, I don't. What uh, uh, I think he said something to the the, the, the the when they went back to three five two something to the. Uh, Regards of I don't know why we changed it in the first place. He said something like that. That was, oh, it was sure ridiculous I, to change it in the first place. Again, because well, sure, okay. I just I still don't think that's that bad because again, you go from it's one not, thing to the other. No, and, and no, what they're saying is if you have players that feel this way that say I I I don't know if I like this guy I you know but I'm gonna work hard to try and adapt. I'm cool with that. That's but a yeah, it's, it's just, but it's just but it's just different when you when you air it out publicly. I just I, don't, I agree I don't with Eric. Know. What he said I think is 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 very interesting. It's good for us to unpack. It could be you true. You don't want us unpacking this if you exactly. want your team to go down, you know, a good road. Yeah. Maybe it won't mean anything. I don't know, but I don't see what good can come out of it. If you're Atlanta United, us, anybody that covers the team, Josh hit the nail on the head. You don't want us talking about this. 
And so that's the issue. It's giving the media fodder to make it seem like there's instability with the club. So ultimately, whether they meant to or not, they were being insubordinate just in that sense because they were creating controversy that now the media can delve into and try to undermine what the club is doing. And luckily for us in the club, it's, it's us talking about it and not some, you know, Sky Sports or something like that. I mean, if this happened at a bigger club with more media attention on it, it would be huge, huge news if you had you players. You confused me for a second with the Sky Sports thing because I'm like, actually, I think Atlanta United would be more concerned with us talking about this than Sky right, Sports. Right, right. But fortunately because- for them, it's just us, just us dopes <laughs> talking about it and not some people that, you know, actually, you know, have any influence. You know, so, I mean, th- th- again, th- this, is, this is a big deal if it happens anywhere because it opens yourself up to speculation where you don't want it to be. You don't want people to necessarily know that there is tension in your dressing room or anything like that. Of course that. not. You and don't I, want and, that. And, and I don't and I totally understand why why it might be tough for the players, but you know Grow you, up. you tough, screw you screw your whole up. team over when you when you decide to go to the press. Somehow they're gonna have to mend it. But I do go back to what I said earlier. You can especially in MLS where there are playoffs, you can absolutely win an MLS Cup despite your manager. And that's why I'm worried when I see players having this visceral reaction to maybe not the best results because what I would like them to do is say, look, we don't like this guy, but we can still go win. We can still go. and and and, and professional. And that's that's as a fan what what I would like to see. So are we going to take uh LGP walking back the comments at face value? No, he did it because he had to. No, I, I think he so, walked him back because, as as you said, Eric, he, he didn't mean we're in crisis mode, I want out of here tomorrow, just like we said with PT's comments. But perception but, is but, reality, but, but, man. But, but that's the, the fact you had here. to that's walk something point. back in the f- first place is, is, is the problem. How is the point, point is, if we're taking the first, if his first comment's at face value, then we got to take the second one at face value no, as well. No, 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 because there's context there with no, crap, you are somebody, right. but somebody probably got context. to him. No, Eric, okay, no, 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 he said what he said, somebody definitely got to him from oh, the club. See. Dude, you you're assuming of course somebody got to him from the club. 99% of times when this happens, he says something the club didn't like. Of course the club reached out to him and said, "Dude, you got to walk that back." Okay, so when when Pity said his thing no, I, I and then and then came out and literally said the next whatever week that yeah, I meant exactly what I said. They didn't ask him to walk him back. He he just he literally no, take it at down face value. Take it at face value. But that's the, that's the team, fine. The team isn't about managing what the what this team specifically. The front office isn't about managing what players say at all, right? But, but at all. it doesn't matter. I think they are. So you're crazy. You're crazy if you at don't think. All. You're crazy if you don't think they just let the players say whatever the hell they want. They That's literally insane. let pity say it that and then double down on insane. it. Insane. It again. You can take his comments at face value. It doesn't matter to me if you think the club is putting restrictions on them or not. All you can do is read between the lines about about what he said, and if you he walked it back, that's fine. But he but said it. He knew that <laughs> that he would probably have to do this, right? Because he'd seen PT had the exact same thing happen to him, right? Mm-hmm. And the club walked it back. Frank DeBoer walked it back. So LGP knows when he says that, even if in his head it's harmless, and even if his head in his head his statement today walking it back is true, and I believe it's true. I believe he's going to be professional yeah. and try to work hard. But you got yourself into this situation, and you you and. 
And I think you knew what you were doing because you saw another player get themselves into the exact same situation a few weeks ago. Well, look, I believe it's true. I certainly believe that he's going to try because, yeah, he's getting Delaney United are giving him his checks. And if he doesn't try, guess what? He's probably going to be on the bench. So, of course, he's going to try. But, of course, PT and the club walked back what PT said. It might not have been immediately. He might have said something else. Neither one of them, no one one backed down on what they said. No one one walked back. They doubled down on what they said. They said they 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 spoke and everything was fine. And that's what I'm saying. That's what walking it back is. So if, if, and after that happened, you don't think the club's on much more high alert about what the players are saying? Of course they could have gotten to LGP a lot faster because they know what to expect now because these players are out there running their mouths. So, so like the, the club obviously would have gotten to LGP much faster than they got to Pity. So what you're saying is that even after all the Pity stuff, I just want to confirm that all these players, all four or five or whatever it is, just middle finger to the front office and did it anyway. I don't know if it's nah, as intense as what you're saying, but I do think the players are trying to be self preservatory even, and acting in their own self-interest. Even if the front office didn't say anything, professional athlete or anyone, it's, I mean, we knew that this, right when we saw the quotes, we, we weren't like, oh, well, you know, there is some nuance to this. No, we know how it's going to be interpreted, how people read these quotes. You know, Eric, you said take them at face value. And if everybody did that, that would be wonderful. But we know but that's not a, how the, the world works. I would also works. like to say that the comments are mostly on my so side So I don't here, think they're necessarily so, giving um, a middle <laughs> finger to the front office, but they oh, yeah, know. Oh, yeah, fans are so rational. But they know. I'm just saying. But, but just they, saying. they know that what perception this is going to create when they say it. The only reason I, I say that is because, well, the only reason I want to take this at face value because I, I also want to see the context in which Pity Martinez says these things because, again, his English is, isn't, isn't, isn't perfect, isn't really all that, it's okay at best. And so he does say things sometimes that um, he just can't think of a different word, so he says something that really doesn't mean what he's saying, but it kind of gives you the Well, then the he should have meaning. included that in his statement Absolutely. today. But that's why I want to see everything. If he said it in English, I definitely want to hear exactly what he said. If he said it in Spanish, I definitely want to hear exactly what he said. And then I'll take I'll take into consideration whether this is real or not. Mm-hmm. But again, things but are it never going to be like that. Like you're never going to get We're talking 100% about it. clarity on any of this. We're talking so, about it. And exactly. We're not talking about 100% clarity. But, saying, we're but we have to go. Con- with, we're talking about the context and how he said it. But we have to go with what we have. And again, the fact that he said it in the first place, the fact that any of these players said, here's my here's, the, here's the, my best example somehow we've got Joseph Martinez saying he we fathered them and that's not at all what he meant that is hilarious that is that's what I'm talking about in terms of the context of of how you hear things that's and fair. how you okay. transcribe I will things. give you that yeah that's but fair. perfect example because that's not at all how he said but it. that wasn't a trend right I, I there weren't well, four the, players that not, came out and made a miss that's not the point okay though. but you speak that's Spanish not the point you okay which is why I would like to hear it you didn't hear you didn't listen to that whole PT ESPN Arge interview you didn't listen to oh it. no that's that I think that's a completely different story because yeah, I did listen to it, yeah. Okay, so what I'm saying is, we know what he said, and it was not very complimentary of Frank DeBoer. So, ultra- sure, I, I'm not, but I'm not arguing that part. I'm not saying okay. he doesn't like Frank DeBoer, or he, he, is, he isn't in favor of, of all the changes that he made. I fully, understand, I fully believe that he is. He does not like everything that's happened. But, to, to Josh's point, you know, how, how big a deal is that when it comes to how this season is played out and how unhappy he specifically is on this team? I think it could so, be a big deal because unhappiness could be leading to what we're talking about with underperformance. If you aren't happy going to your job every day and doing but that, and, and, and that's playing, not, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is how how real is his unhappiness? It seems pretty real because he's talked about it multiple times. But again, he's walking it back here, mm-hmm. and we haven't we haven't actually heard him say the words. You guys are so concerned about the individual. I think the issue is that it affects the team. Well, no, and that's what I'm saying. So I really don't care. I really don't care if 
whether PT. Well, I do care because it are matters. The players, are the players because what we because what we what's pretty clear, or at least if you take all these quotes at face value, both the the original and the walkbacks, is that they're not necessarily mad at Frank DeBoer. Right. They're just mad at the changes and how how unattacking the season has become. So let me, okay, but let me, he's not mad at Frank DeBoer because not, he's the one that instituted all that. Not stuff. unless they have an understanding that this is all, this is the right. only option we have right now. Right. So let me ask you guys a question because again, I don't think it matters what what they actually mean or if they're working hard. No, it's what if they this said. continued to happen throughout the season. This is again, this has been happening over a period of time, and every time the player said something about not liking the system but still working hard. Would we really come here and say, well, they walked it back. They're still working hard for the manager. We'd say, no, they're creating a serious distraction. Exactly. And that's the issue. It's the trend. It's Mm -hmm. like when when we had PT come out the first time, I sat here and said, I'm whatever. You know, it's 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 an isolated outburst. I I, all said that. I think I said the same. It's isolated. Now it's happened several times. And again, I'm not going to go. Sam is a little further than me, I think, in terms of. the, the players went too far with the comments themselves. The players actually have this disdain for Frank DeBoer. No, but no, I'm, no. Now you're putting words in my you can, mouth. You, can, you, you said they gave the middle finger to him. No, Eric said that I said that I get. What I'm saying oh. is, is that they don't appreciate what Frank DeBoer is trying to do to this team. They are trying to undermine. Okay, him that's fair. I, that's I, what I would saying. see. I wouldn't necessarily. But, but you can there, absolutely. And, and, therefore, and therefore, also the front office. W- w- while well, I mean, I would. So you well because the whole middle finger comment was about about the front office going to these players and saying yeah we're not going to no, do this and anymore. Sam it's I don't that it's fair to speculate that I disagree the problem is they opened themselves up to this speculation in the first place well, by making you hit these the nail comments on the head with perception is reality right, right. so exactly that's and that's the thing it doesn't matter and you you said it a minute ago it doesn't matter if there was hidden meaning to what they said or if they meant it or not or if you could take it at face value at this point, I think all of that's irrelevant because after right. after Pitti came out and said it, there needed to be something. And this, I'll blame Frank for this, or I'll blame the front office. There needed to be not not like this behind door, a instituted big time real meeting in front of all the players where they say, "Look, you might not be happy. Whatever, all of this needs to stay in house. Right? You that go, does not need to get out. You want to go all conspiracy theory on this thing? Absolutely." <laughs> It's your fault. Unless <laughs> unless they didn't tell these players to not do that on purpose. Oh, because they what? Oh, because the front won. office wants to get Frank out. Unless, well, then they really screwed up because they hired him. They, so, they hired him six that, months ago. It goes so. back to the conversation. It goes back to you know how high up does it go? Because if you hired him, you also got to take res- responsibility wow, and fire him. Super tinfoil hat. It is. Yeah, that's a, you, you're, you're, gonna, you're, gonna tell us, you're gonna tell us climate change is the Chinese hoax in twenty seconds. Impossible but movie. But the Earth is flat. But I mean, if you hear something like like what Pity said, that this is this is where I this is where it gets. Really messed up for me because you either you either as a front office you heard what Pity said and said you know what we don't we don't do that just blanket statement we don't do that or you said nothing or you or you're just playing along like well maybe the players will just insubordinate this guy out of this job and we won't and maybe maybe the two maybe the two are wait or wait maybe maybe it's just two extremes and maybe there's some middle ground that I'm not even thinking about I'm gonna laugh but, so hard if it comes out that Eric's right right well, my, <laughs> my, my so worry hard. is this I, look I hope I'm not because that would be even worse my wor- that would be nefarious my worry is this sure. if these if the players are coming out as a way of kind of sacrificing themselves for the club, as a way of saying, okay, this guy is not right. We've got to, we've got to force him. We've got to force him out now. I don't think they're doing now. it for the club. I my think they're worry, doing it for their own self-interest. Right. And my worry is because I don't think, and like I said, I think the team's underperforming. You haven't been bad enough 
to, to blame the coach. To, to say yeah. we're going to force this guy out yeah. by going publicly. Hundred percent agree. You know, and and it, you just have the, the results have not indicated. I, I and again, they should be better, but. It's, if, just if funny, this it's just is, funny. We're talking about being better in second place in the East and still in a... Yeah, but in a let's look at points per game. Let's not just look at the table and say that. You deal with what's in front of you. And right now, what's in front of you is you're a second place, six points yeah, out, of, but out of the leader. Yeah, in hand. You can't say the whole read between the lines or you can't say the whole like take at face value stuff and then not take the table at face value. Well, you should never take just the table at face value because you would just look at the Eastern Conference and compare it to the... Not look at the Western Conference and you wouldn't understand. The end of the, the season table from last year and say that New York Red Bulls won the supporter shield. Like, I can't take you that. You can, but you could also be like, uh, I don't think that's the best team in MLS history because Chris Armas blew it and they lost in the conference finals <laughs> to Atlanta United. Well, so of course. I, but, so that, I mean, but, the, but that's in the playoffs. So look, the table is dipped. The Eastern Conference is not as good this year, okay? Sure. NYCFC is, has more points per game than you with matches in hand. DC United about even. Uh, you would be, if you were in the Western Conference, you would be in fifth place right now, one point ahead of Minnesota United, although, you'd, granted, you'd be in a cluster of teams fighting for second. So it's not, I mean, it's just saying they're in second place doesn't automatically mean they're not oh, no, underperforming. No, no, but no one's saying that they're not. I'm mm-hmm. just saying you're in a position, okay, so as the play, uh, and this is what bothers me, as a player, you look at the situation that, that you're, right. you're presented right now. You're not in bad enough of a place you've got, you've got, to be blaming you've, the manager. Right. You've got a terrible At least team. not you've publicly. Got, you've got about less, a little less than a third of the season left, and you've got all these players back from injury. Um, you, you, I mean, you have some kind of left back in Mo Adams. <laughs> Something. I mean, I mean, come on. How are you... What I can't understand is how this is coming out now. And so this is why I think it's bad timing, because it comes after the LAFC loss. Um, it happens to be with national media. Um, you know, if this has happened a week before, I don't think we're having the same. I don't think they're having, they don't have the same. They don't come out with the same comments that they did uh, yesterday. I think I have a good Monday. analogy for this. Eric, I know you went to private school, so you've had to deal with uniforms before. Sure. The players are acting like you or I did when we had to go uniform shopping with our parents. You know, like right before the school season, like the worst thing in the world is when you had to go uniform shopping because you had to sit there for hours and try on all those stupid crap. That's what the players are acting like right now, that they're being dragged through hell and they're in second place in the league. You cannot act like the world is coming to an end when you still have every goal. Well, you don't have every goal because you wanted to do better in CONCACAF Champions League and you didn't. But you still have every goal you set out to start the season right there in front of you. So you cannot, as a player, start blaming, deflecting the manager and scapegoating the manager when your results aren't indicative of those complaints. And so that's why when I see, I, I, I take that into consideration and I'm like, I don't think these people, these players are stupid. I take that into consideration. Everything They're selfish. They're not I, stupid. I, I, I take that all into consideration and look at the context of, of the season and think, I think I don't necessarily think they're mad at Frank DeBoer. I think they just think they're mad Maybe. at the at the at at no. I think the, that's the, totally the, fair. The style of play they've essentially been forced to play. Yeah. Like, look, I'm not happy when I and this is a you know extreme example. I'm not happy when my uh, uh, when I join a an adult league team and we've got absolutely no way to score, <laughs> and yet there's every other team that's finding a way to to, to do whatever they want against us. Yeah, I'm not happy That's about that. That's quite the analogy. I know, but I got <laughs> I get through the season. We That's were, disgusted. I still fight. We if Eric had just played ten thousand, a few more hours, he would have hit those ten thousand hours. 
He would have been. Pr- I, a pro. I just that's why when I see when I see all this, I just can't think, man. I don't think it's necessarily they're 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 pissed off at Frank DeBoer. I just think they're they're uh, upset at, at what they've been kind of forced to do. And I think now Frank oh. DeBoer is is it kind of all falls at his feet because he is the coach and the scapegoat. But man, it, the, the, you you look at everything he's had to deal with. I mean, come on, cut him a break. Yeah, no, he's he's had to Jeez. go through a lot with with in terms of you know obviously the Miguel Almiron sale didn't really you know affect him all that much because he wasn't here, but that's still a big part of the team. And then all of the injuries and things that have happened, yeah, all of that, and Pitti not panning out like we maybe thought he would, all of those things have affected him. And I think the most, and I'm trying to calm down, the most calm, rational way I can explain this is ultimately, I think Frank DeBoer, and there's being a very unfair picture of Frank DeBoer painted here. And I think that the players, for their own selfish reasons, because they don't want to accept blame on for themselves, are and I'm not saying all yeah. the players. I'm just saying the players that have spoken out because as athletes, they have egos. They don't want to accept blame. The re- so they're deflecting the blame onto Frank DeBoer, and I think ultimately the club can get a handle on it by saying, guys, please keep this stuff in-house. Stop talking about being unhappy in the media. I That's agree with all you. they have to do. That, I agree with you 100%. That they, if they haven't had that conversation, they absolutely should. At this point, if they uh, haven't the, had the it, damage, it's, well, it's no, ridiculous but, if they haven't had that I mean, conversation. It, it, whether you have it now or not, the damage is done. Well, of course it's I done, mean, but you don't want any more damage being done. I really don't think it can... I mean, even if... Uh, it even, can get uh, worse. It, even, if, even, uh, even if other players came out and said more stuff, I mean, it's not like it'd be a surprise. Like, all this, now, it, this, is the, this, this would be... The sixth, seventh, eighth players to say something—not these guys specifically—but the next ones would be the sixth, seventh, eighth players to to say anything. I mean, how how much worse can it actually get? Unless it's a, a, a mutiny by the team, where they're specifically trying. Which I don't again, I can't I'm imagine not going that's full mutiny. I'm not going full mutiny. I'm not going full mutiny. But what I am saying is, the players are undermining the coach by going out and saying this stuff. I would also say that the re- the reason I think. And we're again we're speculating because the, people are like, why are you speculating? You don't know. Well, that's all you. The can. players. I'm like, well, the players literally just made these quotes, opening it up to speculation. So of course we're speculating. And also, I think it's fair to speculate um, in our instance because you know we all all have, and I'm not trying to toot our own. We've all been watching soccer a long time. We've all been watching sports a long time. There's a lot of similar trends and attitudes and things like that. So you can kind of see how these things play out sometimes. Absolutely. So speculation. This this yes, it might be speculation, but it's not reckless. And I, mean, I, think, I think we're all coming from a genuine spot of knowledge. My thing is just that th- the reasons they presented were wrong, right? I yes, mean, like we said, absolutely. I don't think Frank DeBoer is a, a defensive manager so much. I mean, he's he's different than Tata Martino. He's pragmatic. He attacks a little more slowly, but the criticisms of him are very similar to what you see on Twitter. After a match <laughs> from maybe, fans, maybe the, players the are same stuff Twitter. I write. The, oh maybe God. the players are reading Twitter and then being like, you but know no, what? I mean, but that's, Josh B nine one four has the, a point. That's the same, you know, takes you here, even even from some people in the media. I mean, that's the stuff I say, you know, during a match when you're watching as a fan. You know, of course we're expected to be like that, but it, it, it's really the same stuff. I mean, like now he wants us to be defensive. He's trying to change everything, you know. You, and it's like for me, I I, I look at it. And again, hopefully in the weeks to come, we can actually discuss the nuance and minutia of what actually is different. But it's not that they're set up to park the bus and play defensively. And that's why I'm thinking this is coming from a place of frustration because of results and not 
a genuine knowledge or wisdom about how the manager could do things better. And that's what worries me because you don't want to be in a situation where your core players are coming, you know, making our, our, our even if they're not coming out publicly, but it's just they're going to be not happy if you have a bad couple months, which in this case, not a terrible couple months in the first place. That's, that's what worries me because if they had said something legitimate, like I think Frank DeBoer is too aggressive with both of us holding midfielders. If one of them had said that, I'd say, yeah, you shouldn't have said it, but okay, the players are really questioning what Frank DeBoer is actually doing. This is just hot takey, you know, around the horn type stuff. Oh, we're, you know, we're not an attacking team anymore. Okay, how? What is exactly. different? Didn't they? I mean, they've had four or five goal games this year. And you're you tied. Know? You're tied for third in the league in, in goals scored. So I mean, I'm just I, again. You Fun said it earlier. Me. This team doesn't attack. I, I, I do think the team is underperforming a little bit, but Miguel Almiron takes you probably from arguably the best attacking team in MLS history to a pretty decent MLS attacking team, and hopefully, with Barco coming back into the fold and the players adjusting to the system, it'll get back to where it was. But all this stuff about Frank DeBoer not attacking and not refusing to change his ways is, 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 is simply lazy. incorrect. Yeah. But the difference people are seeing is that they don't. There's not as much on the break as there was. Exactly, in it's years. slower. And so that that the non-image of that is changing everyone's perspective of of what this team actually is in 2019. You know, I had a great conversation with 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 one of my friends about 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 this, and and he said, you know, Atlanta United fans, we've become used to a type of soccer. Mm-hmm. And he described to a T the type of soccer that Tata Martino manages. Absolutely. And I'm thinking, do you think this is the only way to play attacking soccer? I know. You know, do you think that the two years we saw from Tata Martino, it has to be the same tempo and shape and high press? Not necessarily. Have you seen the number of formations you can play with on FIFA? (laughs) Oh, that's it. I'm just saying. Hire Sam. (laughs) I'm just saying. That's like one of those guys no, it, that like but, writes a letter know, to an NFL team. I play Madden all the time. Please hire me as your coach. It is definitely different. It is definitely less aggressive, but it's not defensive. It's I mean, more it's, thoughtful, it's it's I think. it's yeah, and, and it's and, I mean, it's it's, it's just way, it's different. Like what, it's it's a little bit what like Arsene Wenger used to preach at Arsenal in a sense of you know finding the perfect pass. And I think a lot of people lazily said that you know they they won't pass the ball in net. You know, or whatever they would say on Arsenal fan TV, but you know, I mean, I'm just, I mean that's one of those things you know, where what are they, they? That's yeah, right. Where they say on Arsenal fan TV, oh, we play too slow. We're not attacking the way. This is not the Arsenal I'm used yes. to. It's the same thing. <laughs> fans, you know, and look, it's, we're fans. We're emotional. We're used to. I mean, that's fine. I don't want to hear the players say the same things I'm saying when I'm five beers deep in the 60th minute. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to hear that, you know. So like, but I'm fine. I mean, seriously, that's that's where you're, oh, they're not attacking, you know. Like, and it's just, you know, in the end, you go back, you watch, and you try to find what specifically is different, and hopefully, in the coming weeks, we can start to have that discussion because I do think there are some legitimate questions now that we have a nice bit of sample size of, of whether Frank DeBoer really is the manager that he was sold to us by Darren Eels and company in January. Look, B- Barco could re-enter the picture and absolutely change the game Absolutely, absolutely. So if he can come in and, and kind of take on the, the... And I'm not talking about the role that, that, that uh, Almiron had in, in 2018-19, but in terms of positionally, how they influence the game where Barco can and is able and is in its skill set to take the ball turn... Maybe beat a player one v one, and he's the guy with the most not, similar not, traits to being that type of Amirong uh, player. Not, I'm not talking about you know going coast to coast with the ball, mm-hmm. which is what we've what we've missed 
and what yeah, we think well, is exciting, was... specifically exciting soccer. Uh, but taking the ball at his feet with his back to a player or facing a player, finding a way to get around him, finding a pass to Joseph, finding a way to pity, finding a, a, a pass to Tito, that will create the exciting soccer that you want to see. But it's up to the players themselves to, in those moments, in those positions, find a way to do that. And that's where pity has failed. That's where... I'm not saying I say Bark was failed, but just has been missing. Yeah, missing. Um, and there's really no one else that can do that. Gressel, Tito's been injured. Yeah, I mean they put yeah. Gressel's not even that guy. They put Gressel yeah. on that spot before, and uh, no, and he struggled there. No, I, there, there's there's but, a, I mean, there's but, a lot of reasons you are where you are right now, and that, it ain't that bad. You you, you can you can oh, you can you can come up with substitutes all day long, but the point is they're not going to fix the overall overarching problem of Atlanta United right now, which is they, they can't get anything going. Of substance in the final third with at a player's feet, but I think no. And, and let's go back to Barco. Hold on, wait, 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 what about against DC though? Because I mean, you know, Pitti came on completely changed but that you game. Are, but that's 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 a completely different set of circumstances because again, that you're going down the wing and you're also you know, I'm not saying it was a bad job by Pitti, but I'm saying it's 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 not getting the ball in the middle of the field in a congested back line. In the middle of a congested defense, you're saying at that point Atlanta United was throwing everything forward anyway. So yeah, I mean, last year you were you were seeing more of the turn and go. You just can't. You're not going to see that because that's just not. That's not going to. That's not. Well, you don't have that. There's no player on this team that has that zero to sixty in power. No one is Miguel Almiron. Exactly. Exactly. But my my bigger point is is that the 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 answer to losing Miguel Almiron. I'm not saying it was a bad answer. It's just. The players there are either missing in Barco or underperforming in Pity. Yeah, so let's and you're saying you Pity might not have been the answer to replace. But Barco is the guy that has the traits to do the yes. things, and I'm not saying he's Milan that Almiron had when he left. And we, we we want to talk about getting guys on the ball in the final third. You need a player that can that can do that. Is that go Barco? Is that player? And that's why I think Atlanta United have struggled to do that. With consistency, because he hasn't been there to, to to make those plays in the last third that they need. Barco is is has the ability to do what what basically Almiron did in terms of opening up space for for Joseph or anyone going forward that Almiron did. Mm-hmm. Almiron would typically use more space, but Barco I think has a better ability to use tighter spaces to find those same same avenues. And I think you could argue he's a better passer. I mean, Barco can advance you down the field with his passing, whereas Miguel Miron was all going to go, you know, 100 miles an hour. Barco is one that can interchange, combine with others. He can get you into space in a lot of different ways, advancing the ball I'm trying forward. to think, how long has he been out? Like, at least three months now? Not even that, that uh, much. It was Two the months? Columbus U.S. Open Cup game. Oh, gosh, yeah. So I mean, that's a, that's a substantial part of this, not just with international play, with an injury. That's a substantial part of the season. And you he have- was gone for the Youth World Cup. Um, that's true. Or, uh, that's what I meant by international one American champion. Yeah, 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 yes. And then he came back for uh, what's that? June 18th came back for uh, Columbus against Atlanta United. Got kicked out of the game. So and, we're, uh, we're talking about a little. Like a month he's and missed half. a lot of time. Two yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. And probably look, about two months of cumulative action that he's missed. And Atlanta United are also going to be indoctrinating or you know g- getting some new guys into the team. You know, I, I like what I've seen from Heinemann at times so far. Mo Adams had a pretty good game the other day. Miram at times has looked really good, so I, I think that as those players get more comfortable in this too, you know, it, the, those are things that are obviously going to help this but team going I, I, I forward think, in that I, development. I think the bigger picture is when it comes to specific, when it comes to talking about specifically the attacking side of Atlanta United. Again, give Barco a chance to kind of reacclimate himself into the system. Mm-hmm. Give Barco a chance to kind of do what what uh, uh, Frank DeBoer wants that guy in that position to do, and let's see how that pans out. Mm-hmm. Because again, we saw a little bit of it before he went. 
to um, the South American. Yeah. Uh, Even in that, in that in that Columbus U.S. Open Cup match, the team was flying I, for for it, for parts of it. And that's 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 what I'm excited to see in this last third of the ma- third of the the season is is that Barco and and how Petey can kind of re. I, the fact that he we'll gave, get to P- the fact P- that he P- gave P- Frank DeBoer so much crap. Getting close. So what has he done to prove that he belongs in the field? No, past, I mean I, I past I, the 60th I, minute. Well, okay. there you go, get fiery. That's what, what I'm talking. That's about. amazing. We haven't even talked to, about that. What stuff has he yet. done to prove that he belongs on the field past the 60th minute? You know he has no defensive work rate. You're already down. I mean, LAFC. If there's one thing that's going to beat LAFC in that moment past the 60th minute is defensive effort, defensive work effort that then leads you to go the other way. And who's perfect for that, Marco? I, I have no idea how. But why look, would you not play Barco and PT together? Because Barco is the type of player, like we just said, that can bring others into the match. Heinemann, Heinemann isn't really that player, and yeah. he was really struggling. Because from what I've seen out of Pity is that he's essentially become useless in the last thirty minutes of the game. Uh, well, he scored and okay. set up the assist in the, well, he came the last off the five bench. minutes of the came game. Off the, he came, came off the bench and played though. 20 minutes. I'm just saying well, semantics. I, sure. But what are we really talking about here? I mean, he, he has not proven to me that he is he's worth leaving in the match. We would have been talking about this substitution the whole time if it wasn't for... And on top uh, of that, what does, he provide, what does he provide you in that in that instance anyway? Let's assume you do get a turnover in, in, in the middle of the field. Pity's not oh. going to outrun anybody. Pity's... Pity's he, he might be able to find a pass. I don't know to who because... Barco's in the game now. That is what Josh does bring up an interesting point, though. That is one instance, the substitution, where you can kind of look at Frank as maybe having been a little bit unprofessional. I know he said that it was a tactical substitution and everything, yeah. but Pitty was not playing bad. You could, and look, you could have easily... That, that was a bad move by Frank. You could I'll, have I'll easily gone Barco for Heinemann, played yes. him in that position, and you play a little more attacking. And then if it doesn't work and you want to take PT off, I'm fine with it. But for me, I'm like, give PT a chance to play with Barco. Exactly. Because I think one of the things we're learning about PT is... He's really a role player. You know, he's a role player who tries crazy stuff. So when it comes he's off, he's got a piece of skill. So when I was it comes, say, it's, so when flag. it comes off, and there are so many players like this around the world, it looks really good. But players like that can't be force-fed the ball. They need someone else to bring them into the game. Barco is that guy for Atlanta United. We've seen PT try to be that guy with Barco out of the lineup, and he's just not that player. So for me. I would like to see Barco and PT play together for a little portion of the match. And if you need to change it later, change it later. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I'd rather see it in the first 60 minutes than the last 30. Because what? Because well, uh, cons- and to be fair, Barco last, was not fit to start, I would have guessed. Last, sure. And I'm, yeah, that's not on Barco, really. But um, the last two matches, what has Frank DeBoer said about Pity specifically in the, in the, when he gets subbed out? Is that he's 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 becoming too dangerous to keep on the field? Right. Although that quote was from a while, from quite some time ago, to be fair, it's, it's but, not but, that but but long but it's, 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 it's top of mind. But that was before PT came out with. I mean, I what was that quote was? No, sure, that was before that. A couple but I mean, months ago, but, but again, what? But I mean, it's the same sub, right? He took him out in the 60th minute, so yeah, it's the he, same he thought process. He doesn't. He doesn't. Pro- he hasn't proven to anyone, not I barely even himself, that he is someone that can go past the 60th minute and not be. Uh, uh, a liability, especially in a marquee game mm. where you're, you're chasing, right? And you've got a chance to come but back. He hasn't had a lot of time to play, like we just said. With, with I, I agree with Barco. I don't disagree. So with that's that. what I, I want to see. Like, I just like Eric going in on Pitti. What gives him the right to even say this? <laughs> but honestly, what gives you no, the right? But that's the thing. I'm not shocked at all. Pitti said anything because track record. He's not a super mature dude. He's not happy here. Uh, you know, he's. Um, this is not what he expected it to be coming to Atlanta United. 
not shocked that he said it. But ultimately getting, you know, back to some of the stuff we were talking about earlier, I am kind of shocked that the other players went that route. That, and so that's what I think created all this problem. But getting back to the play on the field, it's just weird to me. It's And this is why I, I, I do kind of look at Frank a little funny because on the field it's like, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to pull a Josh and make it seem like I know more than a successful manager, or at least a uh-huh. manager that has been successful in world soccer. <laughs> I would like uh, to not be like, that. Like the three people that read our Twitter debate like two months ago, <laughs> I understand I, what that's about. I would like to not be that pretentious, but I will say that in a footballing sense, it didn't make sense to sub Pitti off when he was playing well. Like at that, because at that, it's just one of those things where I, I look at Frank and I'm like. Did he pull him off because he's still pissed? Like, like I don't just, think he necessarily played that well. I forget what the no, stat- he did. He did not play well. And anyone that says he played well is incorrect. I, 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 he I, attempted. He attempted like nine passes in the match. There, he was a, completely invisible. I'm trying but to I find think the that's Hold because on. there's not a player to bring him into the game. You said he played well earlier. No, I didn't. You said he didn't play bad enough to get subbed. No, I said I, I said that I would have liked to see him play alongside Barco and get a chance to come into the match. But I, I think he played pretty poorly and I would say the reason is you're playing a 3-5-2 system with PT in the Almiron position that Eric was just talking about from last year where he can advance the ball forward but he has to do it but he PT can't do that by himself he needs someone else to bring him in and like I said that's why I would like to have seen Barco play alongside him and that's why I think well go ahead Eric well, well I was going to say everyone, everyone looks at, at, at like two moments that Betty had right before he got subbed off. He was like, oh, he was, he was playing a good game. He was, he was doing well up So you're that saying point. that, that Pitti doesn't have very many good moments, so when he does, they like stick in your head, and you're like, hey, he was having a good game. I mean, I remember the moment that he got on the break and got run down. Yeah. He got in behind the defense well, and got run down. We've been saying that since the beginning of the season, that he can't That's, break yeah. away That's from That's not the defense. point. No, you're so, right. So the, the, the pass to Gressel, everyone remembers, that was a good pass. That ultimately led to nothing, because yeah. Gressel made a dumb decision. Oh, God. But we look, we look at that. We look at a couple other moments, and we're like, "Oh, he had a good. He was, he was mm-hmm. doing well up until that point." I was like, eh. "Was he though?" No, I actually because I thought he was, and then when I rewatched the match, I said, "Oh my god, he was totally. He was not existent." Yeah. I will say this: that looking forward for you, PT, you, you heard Taylor Twelman say it, and you're like, "Oh, wait, he must have a good." Yeah, game. right. Taylor Twelman, who well, I don't even. Okay, you know, t- Taylor's one of those where he it's made like- me really <laughs> mad about that penalty call where he didn't uh-huh. realize the foul was on Miles Robinson <laughs> the whole time. He walked it back though. Did you see later? <laughs> Oh, he did. He comes back toward the very end of the game. It was like, oh, Whoa. you know what? Well, if you look, if they were looking at this this specific way, and you see that his foot <laughs> is actually in the box, something to that effect. They showed that replay oh, over and over and over and over again, and he kept saying it's outside the box or it's not a foul on Escobar. And I'm like, anyways, I don't want to. This is we would have been talking all about that call again, but we had. <laughs> uh, but I th- like I was saying, I think the next month for, or so is really big for PT, or I think he really, really might be sitting. Uh, when you hit the stretch of stretch one of the season, you know what the next month needs to be really big for shutting the hell up. That's what the next well, month. Hopefully, we needs get to that too. Really good but again, for. I think I'm gonna get. I, Barco is the key to all of these guys. To Frank DeBoer, he's the key uh, to to uh, and he's the key to PT. The two new faces who have come to the, come over to the most scrutiny in Atlanta United are going to excel or not, and a, a lot of it is dependent on Ezekiel Barco. In the case of PT, can he become that guy with when someone else takes some of the pressure off him and takes more touches and, and is looking to find him as opposed to him being the guy that has to both play make for others, score goals, set the table going into the final third. And also, he's the guy that's going to fit into Frank DeBoer's system 
that's going to create that link from back to front, from midfield to attack, that's going to make it look more cohesive. So, so much of the season and so much of those two guys' legacies and careers in Atlanta depend on how Ezekiel Barco does. But is, is Pity on the other side, is Pity too far gone mentally at this no, point. No, I don't think not, so. Not if Barco can fix it, because Barco's going to do the same thing Almiron did, just it's going to look less exciting. Well, I meant more like checked out. Like, like as we've right. seen from PT, has he got it up if, here to kind of no, auto-correct I, himself to fit back in now that he's I don't of, think not he's... Not if he starts seeing him succeed and do things well and, yeah. and, and put put string together. Uh, that's why he was so mad he got subbed off, because he put together, like the first time ever, he put together, well, outside of DC United game, but uh, put together a string of, of things that he did that were well, and he was like, what? why taking me off So you're now. saying playing better will cure all. Consistently if, yeah, playing better. Always. Consistently but what if we've gotten to the point, because he hasn't done that this season. Right. So if, I, if I'm you know prognosticating a little further down the road, if, like a month from now, and if he's still not playing better, I mean, at this point, is he too mentally checked out and far gone from Atlanta to the point of he doesn't need to play because he's his head's not. I mean, yeah, if it gets to that point. Yeah. But again, we got to see how Barco yeah. affects the yeah. affects the team moving. The forward. thing is, all this stuff, and we said it the very first time uh, when we've had these comments from PT as far as unrest goes. When you make it this public, we'll know the answer to what's going on in the dressing room based on the performance on the field. And if you win, and if things look good. Then everyone's going to say, oh, Frank DeBoer is actually a pretty good manager and we adapted and he showed some adaptability. And he'll say, oh, I know the players were frustrated, but we learned about one another, blah, 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 blah. You know, and you'll know, and you'll know that, you know, to go from where you are now to a very successful season for Atlanta United Standards, which is competing for MLS Cup, you'll know that something clearly changed. If it goes the other way, and that's the worry. Or even if it stays the same, I think on the field where you're. I, I, I just as a professional player, you, you, if Pity's looking to get beyond Atlanta United, he's not doing himself any favors. Well, that's right the now. other thing is, I, I mean, how how do you expect to go to Europe when you go, you know, play for a different type of manager for really the first time in your career and basically, you know, cry about it all year long? Is there anything else we got to talk about? Because I'm well, I'm I do have pressed out now. I do have something to lighten the mood a little bit. Joseph what? Martinez at the Skills Challenge. Oh, I did see this. Joseph was asked how he would do in the skills competition. Quote, I would tear the net. Here in Orlando, it's easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah boy, Joseph. Him, That's what I'm talking about, Joseph. Joseph the God? Uh, <laughs> let's quickly, are you guys, because I realized I was full of complete you-know-what about Zlatan playing or not playing. Thank you for coming so, around so, on so this. So last week I know ah. I said that, oh, if, Flip-flopper. if Zlatan... Uh, if Zlatan doesn't play, I'll be happy because I want to win the match. But man, when Liar. you got that yellow card, I, you know, a legend <laughs> of the game, you're not going to get to see him live now because the saying. Galaxy aren't going to come here for two years unless you oh. somehow play them in MLS Cup. So. That makes me so sad. So when it actually happened, I realized that my, uh, I think I said this to Sam, my uh, my Atlanta United fanhood distracted me from my Zlatan fanboyism. And uh, there are I players that transcend it. There are players in any sport yeah. that, if you have the chance to see, you need to see. I know Zlatan is one of them. It's like when I was a kid and I went to the Hawks Bulls game at the Georgia Dome. You know that big one or Michael Jordan game? They sold like fifty thousand tickets. I wore a Michael Jordan jersey to that game. I'm one of the biggest Hawks fans you'll ever meet. Yeah. So imagine that Jordan <laughs> only came to your city, you know, or, or came, you know, every two years. And uh, so I'm yeah. I'm a bad guy to ask because I don't really get starstruck anymore. 
Oh, oh, you know, oh you're the, so gross. Being in the press box. Being in the press box with your I, free food. I was happy he wasn't playing. You know, I hope that ice cream machine breaks on you. I, all of you. I, I Doug, don't care. you, Jones, I hope y'all get no more ice cream for the rest in of the year. In all likelihood, he's going to be walking around the press box anyway, just meandering, shaking hands, kissing babies anyway. I, like I, I do you couldn't want to punch Eric right gonna, now? He's not, not going to travel to Atlanta. Oh, I know, I know. I, I could not have cared less about him. Pl- get it, I Typical. actually, I actually applaud the fact that he got his yellow card and he's not uh, playing against like. Look, man, I don't know. I, I'm all about Atlanta United doing as well as they can. Yeah. Uh, and 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 really, again, reintegrating Barco and, and Pity and and finding a way to get, make this all work again. Um. And if it means not watching Zlatan, I'm, I'm, I'm good. To whom it may concern, whoever's responsible for a three-cheese mac and cheese in the uh, press box, please don't let Eric have any ever again. I mean, they would probably agree with Eric, though. Those are, you know... Who, who, who wants to... What LA, I mean... The LA, I mean, come the, the, okay, on. You, okay, I just take, take away I your can't. big boy journalism pants, okay? And like, as try to put yourself in the fan perspective. Not oh no, as a fan, sure. As a no, new, but a as lot an, of as a neutral, I'd be like, oh man, what no. But sucks. A, and a, but a lot of fans also would say, no, I I want to win. I want to. I would the be match. intrigued if we could like do a I'd straw poll of out. like the entire Atlanta United fan base to see where they sit on. That. I just, I'd, I'd, I'd be, I'd be curious to see. What there's not one player I like. Him like, oh, I gotta see him. I gotta watch him. No one. Messi could Messi Ronaldo could walk into the room and I'd be like, "What's up, guys?" Dude, you're nuts, man. You are crazy. Like I'm telling you, I do not get starstruck anymore. Wow. I still. At I mean, all. here's the thing. I mm-hmm. I don't as much because of having worked in media and having worked. You know, you kind of it kind of you, you get numb to it sometimes. But there are still players that do that for me. Like when Edgar Davids was walking around the press box last year, I marked out. I mean, that was one of my favorite players when I was a kid. And I broke one of the press box rules, the do's and don'ts of like, you know, I went up, I was like, dude, can I take a picture with you, man? Like, you're not supposed to do that. But I didn't care. At all. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to do that at all. But they didn't give me a credential this year, so I don't really care about telling this story. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those situations where I, I, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, one of my all-time favorite players, I still remember the commercial from Jogo Benito campaign at the 2006 World Cup where it was him versus Ronaldo in a skills competition, and he spit gum out of his mouth and started juggling a piece of gum. Yeah, I'm happy Zlatan's not playing. You're crazy. I'm happy Zlatan's not playing. I, I, even so, I he's not playing. It's not like I'd be interviewing. It's not like I'd be talking after the game. Like that, that stuff wouldn't be happening. But it's anyway. about being able to tell people like I got to see that dude play in what he would call the retirement league. Okay, but okay I don't care. That that doesn't bother me. He's a star. He's he's one of those guys that moves the meter enough to where for me it's a like, bucket list type. Thank thing, you. Right? Yeah, he's a bucket list athlete. I mean, it would have been a bucket thing like ten years ago in his prime, or more, or I guess less. You're saying the lion. You're, you're saying know. the lion isn't in his prime. Whatever, you whatever. Say that proper, to his face. Whatever proper phrasing needs to go there. I don't know how much more in your prime you can be than that hat trick he scored against LAFC. I'm, I mean, you know, you you could. I mean, that looked like a player that was pretty darn. Good to me. I just don't care. Um, Man, anything else, you guys? Are just a bummer. Dude. Yeah, I guess the the last thing I'd say, uh, one thing we haven't addressed, uh, is that uh, people were saying, you know, players going public about Frank DeBoer. Well, he he did it first. He started it. Players have different responsibilities it's different. and different codes than managers. And I still don't think he should have called Pitti out by name. But at the same time. It's a little. It, I totally agree with Josh. When you're, when you're, when you're asked, you. Got, I mean, it, it, there, it, there are ways around it, but the, it's but, different when you're the manager because you have the authoritarian role. That's where the, the clash of cultures would come into play. Where one is much more direct, and the other ones are maybe. Yeah. I don't. Need, 
Tata I, never. I, Tata would have danced around the whole thing. I mean, Tata was really good at dancing around media questions. Like he, oh, he see, I, I, I don't, I didn't think he was he's that much different from Frank DeBoer. It's just the way he, the way. He's, but he would never directly. No, do he, what he, he did. So he did those things mm. about Carlton. About okay, Carlton specifically. Okay. Carlton's a little different because he's not an important starting player on your team. I mean, there were other players he did that to. Uh, but he, Carlton were, is the biggest example. I will agree with he, you there. He, he, he was asked questions. It was the way it came out of his mouth that that led it to to seem that it, it was much more friendlier than. He the was way, so eloquent. It was much know? more. It was much friendlier <laughs> than the way uh, yeah. that Frank DeBoer would 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 give criticism. When Frank DeBoer says something, it's like it, it's like an angry dad, you know, you know, waving you down, whatever. When Tata Martino did it, there was a a sense of. Um, a, a sense of optimism behind it that you know sure he does have these issues but there's a way to get around it although Frank DeBoer still does give those optimistic endings to these to these uh these criticisms the way it comes out of his mouth and is in that in that you know almost monotone voice just feels like it's almost patronizing here's a, here's a question I remember a lot of times going to the post-match pressers with Tata Martino as manager media chuckles does that not happen as much now it, it does um he, not, you know, I mean, certainly not as much. Does Tata have that way of kind of being charming? I just don't know. If, uh, does Frank have that? I, I don't know. I remember both. I remember all of them going into uh, it's the media press conference after winning MLS Cup, and they were it, it was the same. Everyone other than Joseph Martinez, who just who just made the I want that to the beer yeah, comments. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. That was the only laugh there. Everything else was just business as usual. It wasn't. It wasn't as I, they didn't appear to the media at least as. Rah rah, happy go lucky, as I think everyone thinks. Now in the locker room was a different story, but um, yeah, I got sprayed with champagne. But uh, <laughs> it's it's you know it's it's the way that Frank DeBoer has presented these things that that I think has taken more issue. It's just the the clash of cultures. It's yeah, there's not a. I would I would argue that Hispanics are probably more direct and less. Apologetic about their but directness. there's a way about their directness sure. because Tata was a because they'll say he it's kind of a word they'll say something super honest and super direct and super mean but, but the they'll way say they it, say they'll it. say it in a jokey way where you're yeah right. it's gonna hurt but at least you're gonna you know it's not gonna be like it's not gonna be the way Frank DeBoer that's saying. such a great point because Tata had that sort of more friendly demeanor whereas Frank is more stone cold like I, I'll yeah. totally agree with you there so as far as what DeBoer says and criticizing players publicly. Sir Alex Ferguson said this about Cristiano Ronaldo in 2009. He said, "I, when people said that he's the type of player, interestingly, that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo who will concede goals because of the type of player he is. He's an attacking player. He doesn't want to come back and defend. Sounds familiar. He said, I don't accept that he will give goals away because of the players he is. I speak to him about it. I don't accept that from anyone. In European football, if you give the ball away, it takes a long time to get it back. Um he also said he always feels he's not getting the proper protection from referees, and I think that maybe in quite a few cases he's right. In a few cases he's not right. It's hard when a player who wants to entertain doesn't get everything his own way, but you can't get everything your own way. He understands that, and there's not a problem with that. That is incredibly similar to what Frank DeBoer said about P.T. Martinez in the fact that he said he understands what he needs to do, he's working hard, here's what he needs to do. So maybe it's a thinly veiled criticism or whatever, but... Spare me that Frank DeBoer started it, and, 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 and that's why it's okay for the players to come public. Lots of managers do this. Lots of coaches do this in every sport. You go public. Maybe sometimes you're just frustrated, say something you shouldn't. 
Sometimes you do it to try and play mind games with the press. Some managers and coaches are really good at it. Some are pretty bad at it, I think, as we've seen with Frank DeBoer. But don't tell me that because the manager went public that gives the players the right to do what they did. It doesn't. What Frank DeBoer did is highly precedented, sometimes poorly executed, sometimes well executed. But it doesn't change the fact that what the players did was 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 wrong. I like how you just went most successful team sports manager in history to compare. No, I mean that's a good that's right. But funny. but do you think Sir Alex Ferguson just started doing that oh, when he no. got good? Right, every manager has their way. Dude, Sir I Alex mean, Ferguson threw a hair dryer at David Beckham. We've heard uh, we we heard uh, uh, what was it? Uh, was it Adrian uh, Jason Christ in Orlando criticized yeah. his player? I mean it happens. All the way down the line, good managers, bad managers, mediocre. This happens whether you think it's right or not. It doesn't give the players free reign to go out and, and go public because the manager, quote unquote, started it. I was different, Frank, different standards for different. P- I was Frank DeBoer had thrown a hair dryer at Pitti instead of all well, this. My thing is, my thing is, I I don't even know how you can really be mad when his criticisms are ninety nine percent. 100 percent well, accurate, and I'm sure people said the same thing yeah. about Sir Alex Ferguson. We said I, that about Cristiano Ronaldo. Like if someone were to say that about me, my work performance at at, at my job, and it was 100 percent true, I'd be like, all right, well, I mean, there's not, I don't like that yeah. you did that, but, but it's a little harder if people, everyone's watching well, you. Comparing your regular work to a professional right. athlete's work, I didn't work. do that, and he just corrected me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's enough. Yeah, I think we're done. Yeah. <laughs> I want to been here too so, long. If, uh, if 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 I need some tone adjustment, I apologize. I was uh, very pissed off at our selfish players. August third, okay? LA United take on LA Galaxy at home on Big Fox. That game at five o'clock. I'll Andrew be in the Gulch. Stadium. Come hang out with me in the Gulch. None of y'all ever come hang out we're with doing me. A, we're doing a MOTS hangout. We could we could totally do a Mots meetup uh, if anybody wants to come by. Uh, I'm definitely going to be down there well, with some whiskey. So no, I won't be there because Latan's not going to be there, and I'll be moving into my new apartment. Uh, it's so good so to just be living in Eric. Atlanta again, by the way. I love being back in this city. God, you can c- come meet the better two-thirds of the podcast. We'll be, huh. we'll be there. I <laughs> got you, Sam. Knows Latan uh, on sa- but, uh, is it Saturday? Saturday. We'll put out some Twitter, some Twitter details or something like that. And... Only one more podcast with me on there until I'm uh Now, I'm this will weeks. be interesting. If things turn around when Eric is out of the country, <laughs> we have our real answer have we, have we, have on we who's to through? blame. Can we, like, that's the last thing we'll do here. We'll go through the schedule real quick. See how many games okay. uh, I, will be, I will be missing because I will be in Uruguay. That's going to be awesome. In a, in a 100, oh, it's going to be fantastic. I'm, I'm so, have you guys, have I told you the backstory behind this? Well, you haven't been back in so, a long yeah, time. So, my family, the only people that are here in the United States that, that are blood relatives are my dad, my brother, and my sister. I think there are... Uh, the Uruguayan side. There are... So my, both my parents are from Uruguay. Oh, wow. Um, I think my mom has like a, a second cousin here. Okay. Or something like that. And I basically just call her my aunt. But I, I, I'm still iffy on whether we're actually related. But whatever. With Hispanics, that, that sometimes doesn't really matter. Anyways, grandparents, cousins, aunts, uncles, um, all in Uruguay. Haven't seen them in 20 years. That's Last awesome, time I went, man. I was 10 years old. This is long coming, and uh, I'm going to be there for two weeks. Oof. So that's two podcasts that I won't be there. I'll be gone from... Go check out the, uh, the Peñarol Stadium, man. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. sure. That place is pretty cool. I'll be gone the 9th. Uh, the 9th, so I'll miss NYCFC. I'll miss the match against Club America. Campeones Cup. I will miss the match against the Portland Timbers, and I'll be back for Orlando City. Which I don't know. No, no, I'll be gone for Orlando City. I'm sorry. Thank I mean, God. That, that I'll miss one, 
two, three, four of the next match. Uh, four matches. Hey, Josh, we got a lot of work to do, man. Four matches. We'll see what happens. Next one I'll be back for is the. This might be the best chance to turn things around with Eric. That's true. They're going to win. Completely removed from the situation. They're going to win Campionis Cup and go 12 for 12 in points. Does the blame Eric, um, you know, moniker, like, does it not have an effect if he's out of the country? Well, it have to be hashtag revoke Eric's passport so he doesn't come back. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it will be funny to see if if I'm not even tweeting about the game and all of a sudden you see blame Eric. (laughs) Oh, I I see it all the time independently. Let me just like. It's 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 catching on. I mean, people are realizing what's actually, actually the underlying problem here. Um. All right. Where can they find you guys on social media? You can find me at Josh B nine one four at Sam J Franco. Uh, you can find the podcast at MOTS Podcast. Find me at Eric G Quintana, and follow us on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. MOTS Podcast on the YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. If you want to donate to the podcast, please be generous. Uh, patreon.com slash M-O-T-S podcast and then Josh and I I'll be at the Gulch I will actually join you I will I will I will, I will, join, hang. I will join the people we'll, we'll put some uh, information on Twitter or something is just there where good we're mac at. and cheese in the Gulch oh my god like is there even, there is, there is, is food there, in the Gulch Eric get is this there, guy the hell out of here is there even decent <laughs> mac right and cheese now. in the Gulch god, right now unbelievable I'll bring my, my, my newfound vodka Bedlam uh, well you know I'm more of a of a brown liquor, man, but that'll do. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're okay. gonna we're gonna share a bottle of vodka here. Awesome. Get nice and liquored up. Good. Brown drink. It's gonna it be down. fun. All right. Uh, that does it for us. Until next time. See you later, Atlanta.